This is a remote dating podcast where we share outlandish dating stories from people who are locked down in love. In season one, Be My Quarantine, we connect people struggling to find romance in quarantine with people who have been doing long distance and virtual dating since long before lockdown. Digital nomads. We cover everything from the digital nomad dating apps that are more than just dating apps to having four Tinder dates in 24 hours. Yes, one of us really did that. And it wasn't me. <laughs> Listen until the end to hear the full story. Thank you, Kayla. <laughs> this is episode nine of Dating Abroad, Appley Ever After. I'm Ellie. And I'm Kayla. We're your hosts for Dating Abroad, a podcast about unconventional dating stories. In this episode, we discuss the intersection between the dating apps and community, something we've mentioned a lot throughout this season. But this time, instead of waxing miracle about it ourselves, which we love doing, we'll get the insights of not one, but two founders of dating apps designed specifically for digital nomads and remote workers. We'll speak to Aline, the founder of Nomad Soulmates, and Tej, who's the brains behind Fairy Trail. But first, it's time for a video call named Desire. In this segment, we give you a little update on our virtual dating escapades over the past week. Well, since in this episode we're interviewing the founder of Fairy Trail, I better give a little update on Voice Note Man, since I met him through this app a few weeks ago. Honestly, there's not that much to update. We're still at the stage of sending each other occasional voice notes and not much else has happened. Although we do finally have a video date set up for this weekend. (laughs) I'm kind of still oscillating between thinking he's too young and he goes (laughs) slacklining. And then then kind of grinning when I receive his voice notes because they are really sweet. Mm -hmm. The latest uh, funny thing was that apparently he gets notifications whenever a new episode of the podcast is released and he is particularly curious about the sex episode, (laughs) which apparently he hasn't listened to yet. That might uh, change his mind. He might be like, oh no, it's too complicated. (laughs) Yeah, I know. I'm like, do I want him to listen to that or not? (laughs) Um, Um, I have any stereotypes about slackliners because we passed a little group of of slackliners in the park and his immediate answer was they're likely to date a 15 year old (laughs) 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 Hmm, not sure what i think about that (laughs) (laughs) i mean i don't know how much he was being honest and how much he was trying to make a joke but i could see it yeah, I know it, that 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 whole stereotype is definitely in the back of my mind, and I can't quite get it out. <laughs> oh, no, which is probably person. really harsh to this guy. <laughs> no, he's probably done absolutely nothing wrong. Just enjoys <laughs> a physically challenging circus-like activity in the park. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! But. Well, apart from the occasional voice notes, I have to admit that I'm still just really enjoying taking a break from dating. All that extra time, which obviously is not only because I'm not dating, it's also because we're in a global pandemic and (laughs) it's lockdown and we've all got more time at home. But all of that combined has really given me the headspace to start new things that I 
had been thinking about for ages and just never quite got around to doing, mm-hmm. um, which is super cool. Can I give a little plug? Yeah, tell us what it is. <laughs> okay, so my super exciting new project is called Nomad Voices, and it's going to be an online magazine about digital nomadism. I won't say any more because I don't want to plug too much, but yeah, it's exciting. Um, but apart from that, basically, South Korean dramas are fulfilling my need for romance (laughs) and probably better than any real life romance anyways oh definitely (laughs) so my update I went on my final two bachelorette dates oh yeah so the first one with the one that I was already debating going on or not I did go because we did talk about it before and I found out exactly who he like how many people had he had been seeing and and that sort of thing so I felt comfortable going um but he did not get a rose (laughs) (laughs) why not it was it was weird because like we did actually have a very nice time together and spent a few hours in the park I just felt I just didn't feel good afterward and then when I had a bit more time to process it I was just like oh it was just kind of weird like he was a little bit aggressive and like like one thing I've been trying to do when I go on a date is be like imagine introducing this person to my friends and like hanging out with them in a group with my friends Hmm. it's just like now I feel like it would be awkward oh yeah that's not a good sign yeah and I just said he just like like not that I felt unsafe at all during the date or anything like that it just felt like a little bit uncomfortable like a little Hmm. bit like I had to keep my guard up yeah and so it's just like no not gonna get a rose so did you tell him that I mean not that he made you uncomfortable but that that you weren't gonna see him again so I'm having super bad dating etiquette (laughs) and the first (laughs) the first date that didn't get a rose um he had messaged me after to say it a nice time and I said I also had a nice time and then he messaged me again to be like how are you doing today or whatever like the next day uh, and then I was going to respond to be like, uh, hey, like I'm doing well. And it was really great meeting you because he was very, very sweet, just not for me. And I just forgot. <laughs> now it's been like a bit over a week. And I'm just like, do I, do I still send that text or is it just, is that just going to drag up an old wound? <laughs> I think if you've waited that long, you may as well just move on now. Yeah. And then this last guy, he did not text me after the date, so I'm just going to consider that a, a mutual disinterest. Yeah, I think mutual ghosting is fine, exactly. as long as you're clearly both on the same page. Exactly. Uh, whereas the first guy, I do feel quite bad. Maybe I should send him a little message, but I mean, he's, <laughs> not, he's not like sent a follow-up message or anything. <laughs> Maybe he felt the same as well. Maybe. Okay, well, whatever. I'll think about it. If, he's, if he messages again, I will, of course, tell him, but I just kept forgetting. <laughs> <laughs> so how about date number three? Did date, any of the three dates get a rose? Yeah, so date number three did get a rose, Ooh. which uh, is exciting. So this was the person that I had been talking to most. And yeah, it was nice. I was like half an hour late for the date. <laughs> Again, brilliant dating etiquette. Brilliant dating etiquette. And not only was I half hour late, but like I have no SIM card because I never got a SIM card after I came back from Vietnam. So (laughs) so like I couldn't, like I told him 15 minutes before the date, hey, I think I'm going to be like 10 or 15 minutes late. But then like I couldn't give him any updates to be like, oh, I'm actually going to be half an hour late. (laughs) 
<laughs> Luckily, he waited there. That was like <laughs> on his part, and he didn't seem that bad. Oh yeah, because on date number so on date number two, I was like less than ten minutes late. Like I was like between five and eight minutes late for that date and mm-hmm. he made like a super passive aggressive comment at the end about it like oh I liked how you were like fashionably late and I was like <laughs> I would not even consider that late like being less than 10 minutes late for a date but whatever yeah it was nice we just hung out in the park um I well I was late because I had just gone for a run and then went to get sushi to bring because or else I was not gonna have time to eat dinner so I had sushi um we had a a park drink a little bit of whiskey so yeah it was it was really nice I don't know how it's gonna go he's he's got a rose so I'm open to seeing him again and we've still been chatting since the date Mm. well one out of three isn't too bad it's not too bad so we will see I like it's really weird because it's hard to know. I feel like he just like doesn't really have that much time at the moment for dating, which I don't mind because I don't, I also like having a lot of alone time and such. Uh, but it's really hard to know how much is because of COVID, which is obviously out of anybody's control versus like, oh, does he not actually want to spend that much time together in person? <laughs> Mm. so yeah I don't know I'm gonna I'll see what happens and I'll see if and when he asked me it again because I asked him out on this date so I feel like it's his turn to ask definitely even if your dating etiquette is terrible his should be good (laughs) right I'm gonna judge him on his dating etiquette well thinking that everyone should excuse my terrible dating etiquette (laughs) (laughs) all right well without further ado it's time for our main discussion gone with the wi-fi First, we're going to speak to Tej from Fairy Trail. Welcome. It's so good to have you here. Thanks for having me. No worries. So can you first give us a little overview of Fairy Trail and why you decided to start it? Yeah, so uh, Fairy Trail is it's a dating app for remote workers. I wanted to build a product that, one, is, is first of all, it's personal. Like, I've used dating apps. Um, I've had my fair frustration with them. Two, relationships are really meaningful. I think health is super meaningful and relationships. At the end of the day, if you have great health and great relationships, you're pretty much set, right? And, and interestingly enough, today I just read a stat, which is loneliness has the same impact as smoking 15 cigarettes per day. That's like something really awesome to work on. And then lastly, there's a huge opportunity here. More and more people are using online dating. About, if you're in your 20s, 90% of people who are single in their 20s use dating apps. Wow, That's I did not pretty realize incredible. that. Yeah, in, in the US. And then as of like 2016, dating apps are the number one way couples meet. 40% of all relationships are now through dating apps. And that will go up to about, it's predict, predicted to go up to about 70% in 20 years. So 70% of relationships will be from dating apps. So I'm like, well, you know, meaningful, personal, and like super big opportunity here to impact a lot of lives. So yeah, so that's why I'm building it. Cool. And I've, I've tried it and I've <laughs> talked about it on the podcast. And I love some of the features of Fairy Trail that are a bit different from the apps like Tinder and Bumble. So, for example, you can only swipe 25 times a day and you have to match 
on a destination that you want to go to as well as just liking the look of the person. So what was the thinking about how, what was the thinking behind how the app works? Why did you want to make it a bit different to the <laughs> sort of traditional dating apps? When I was using dating apps, I actually was struggling because I was on the road a lot and I couldn't really date if, you know, as a nomad sometimes or as a management consultant, sometimes you're, you're traveling so much that it's very hard to physically go on dates. Like it's just, it wasn't possible for me to meet for drinks. And so we would have video calls. So that was the first thing I was like, oh, it's really important to have video calls. And video calls are almost like meeting a person in real life. You can see what they look like. You can see if you have chemistry, right? So you can basically vet out um, like physical attraction and also um, chemistry in a call. Um, obviously it's not hundred percent. And so um, it's very important to also figure out um, like how are we going to meet up if we're in two different cities. If, so we wanted to have, we built travel into the app because um, the only way for a relationship to work is for two people to be together. And we actually work with uh, companies like Airbnb and Viator. Um, we use their group tours as a way for uh, matched users um, so if you match with someone, you can meet them on a group adventure. Mm. And so that's a great way to kind of get to know each other, see how they respond to certain situations, see how they treat you and other people, and bond over this experience. That's kind of the reasons why we do this. Yeah, oh, I love that. And it, I think I sometimes have subconsciously done that if I'm trying to decide where I want to go next. I'm like, well, where's my favorite place? Because I feel like my my person's going to be in my favorite place because it's also going to be their favorite place. <laughs> I think that leads into our discussions on community. So we've been talking a lot about how one of the downsides of air quote traditional dating apps where you don't really have those filters is that you can sink a lot of time into it without even getting anything out of it. Uh, whereas if you focused on building community, even if you didn't find a partner, hopefully you would find friends and people who were more like you. Um, so community seems to be a really big part of Fairy Trail. Can you tell us a bit more about the reasoning behind that and what your community looks like? Yeah, that's a great question. So the reason why we built community fresh, like really from the start, like I think even day one we, when we launched, we, we had a community behind it is because um, if you're too successful as a dating app, you lose all your users, mm -hmm. right? <laughs> it just... <laughs> Yeah. It, yeah. It just doesn't work. Dating apps don't work basically. That the only reason why they are a business, sorry, dating apps as a business model don't work because you're you have an inherent conflict of interest where as a business you want to retain users and make money to grow and to stay alive, right? <laughs> but as users you want to just like get off dating apps and have an awesome life. You want to live in the present, you want to travel, you want to have awesome experiences with the people you love, right? And so there's a, there's a conflict of interest. And so if we plan to be successful as a business, we need to retain our users and there's no way we're going to do that with just a dating app. So we build community from the beginning as a way for the business to survive, but probably equally as important, it is the sense that we're not just about dating. We're like, for example, I have other interests and hobbies as well. I have my own goals and my own passions. So 
you know, so I want to actually be part of a community that, you know, supports me. So that's a really big reason why um, we have this thing called Campfire. And it's a bunch of people where um, they can just interact, share entertaining stories, help each other out, make connections like, hey, let's collaborate on this YouTube video or like, let's, you know, let's meet up in, you know, let's like give each other travel advice. Um, let's help each other with our goals. So it's just a non-dating uh, social community. And because dating can get really like stressful and kind of tiring as well. So. Mm, definitely. Yep. So have you got any um, good success stories, either from the community or from the app itself? Yeah, so we definitely have a few. Um, so there have been a lot of like collaborations coming out of the campfire. And then in terms of on the dating side, yeah, we've had people go out on these group adventures. Um, just to clarify, it's very confusing. <laughs> it, it's not you're going on like adventure with a bunch of other people on first dates that's not what happens it's you and your match and you go on a public group adventure powered by airbnb so mm -hmm. it, it's it feels super organic super social there's no awkwardness about it it's not like a bunch of people on first dates that would be horrible okay. <laughs> <laughs> just to clarify that because it's very confusing because people think oh first dates i mean group adventure yeah. dating app bunch of single uh, it's was... not like that at all I was picturing that, uh, what's that Bachelor spinoff, like Fantasy Island or something, where it's like 10 single women and 10 single men, and there's like all drama, and they're all trying to date each other. That's oh, what that I had is, imagined in my head. That would be, that would be <laughs> awful, but probably a reality show. Right? <laughs> I yeah, get it. Um, yeah, that sounds lovely. I don't know of a good way to, because it's also private, right? Like dating at this point, you don't want to advertise to everyone you're on a dating app. So like, there's so many amazing people in our app, which it's like what one person, she said she got chased by a rhino. And I was like, what? <laughs> and I was like, I want to match with her just to like hear the story. And then we do have a few success stories as well of like, yeah, just people like having amazing uh, relationships because of fairy trouble. With remote work is after COVID is perhaps going to become much more uh, the norm are much more popular. So do you see demand for apps and communities like yours growing in the next few years? Yeah, for sure. So um, I, I think remote work has been growing. The only thing that coronavirus is doing is just accelerating that growth and that adoption. Because like this trend, I, I don't think it's a fad. I, I think we're at like a paradigm shift in society where like throughout human history, people have been like locked to one place because of their farms, because of institution. But now, um, for the first time, people can basically make money from their laptops and live almost anywhere. And with with the world becoming a lot friendlier to travelers, I remember like studying about the Cold War and how hard it was to to like move across countries and borders and there's so many restrictions like we're so much better off than 20 years ago i mean not right now we can't travel but like <laughs> on the grand scheme of things it's been this is this is pretty much inevitable um coronavirus is just accelerating that it's like a free trial for all the companies that haven't done remote work it's like hey try it it kind of sucks but <laughs> uh, people are getting a taste of remote work 
And like you said, um, well, you talked a bit about loneliness earlier and how that can be so detrimental to your health. And obviously loneliness is one of the biggest challenges of remote work. So it's communities that are going to help solve that problem. Exactly. So I, I think either by finding a partner who can share you, share with you um, the experiences, right? Like, like, yeah, maybe live together, maybe travel together, just be your companion. And then there's that other sense of community and way to address loneliness, which is just you know, having friends and a community that kind of you, you feel a part of and a mm. sense of belonging. Yeah, absolutely. So you mentioned a bit earlier when you were talking about why you started Fairy Trail about your own uh, dating life. So can you tell us a little bit more about that? What's it been like to be a single guy who can work from anywhere? What are some <laughs> of the pros and cons? So I'm not like a traditional nomad in that like I work remotely and I I can live anywhere I want. And that's not my background i was pretty much on the road doing product management uh, consulting which involved extensive travel and that was kind of why so fairy trail isn't just for remote workers uh to be accurate because if you are let's say you're a flight attendant or a pilot or a sailor or a trucker you're not in one place the whole time, right? Like you're always on the road. If you're a sailor, like there's just so many people out there who don't fit in the traditional realm of location-based dating, right? They can't just be like, I'll be here for six months. You know, I'll be around to go on dates this week, next week. Like that's, I think for a lot of people that is true, but for other people like us, you know, we maybe we travel so much that it's hard to get into a relationship. So. And so we allow you to date virtually over video. And if things go well, you go have an awesome life experience. You do something you've always wanted to do. At the same time, you can make your parents happy by saying, I'm going on a date. <laughs> <laughs> very true. Very, you've sold me. I'm downloading the app right now. <laughs> um, so final question. What has lockdown taught you about dating? And are there any lessons from this period that you'd like to take forward with you when things go back to whatever the new normal is going to look like? That's a very difficult question, but <laughs> very good for in introspection. Um, <laughs> I would say, like, the lockdown has been really tough. Um, I don't know about for other people, but I, I was used to going, like, to the gym, going swimming, uh, you know, doing weekend trips and meeting my friends, going to parties. It, it's been really challenging. And, you know, I've actually tried to kind of figure out and adjust my life to it. And it's been very difficult. And in terms of dating, it's actually been like, I, I just haven't been in the mood to date, <laughs> honestly speaking. And secondly, like when I do try, it's like, we'll match and we'll talk. And then we're like, how do we take it from there? So for me, I, yeah, I'm just hoping things will open back up again <laughs> so I can, yeah, I, I can start like having more of a normal lifestyle. And I, I don't know about you, for you, you guys, for, for you, um, is it really, how have you found 
being in lockdown. Well, we've been on many dating adventures. We've been doing <laughs> many, many virtual dating adventures. Many virtual dating oh, okay. adventures, yeah. So we've been doing video calls, and then I just recently had a couple socially distant dates in person with people in Toronto just at a park. Uh, wow, that, a park. that's really fascinating because I've been kind of not as active on the whole dating situation. Mm-hmm. But that, that well, I think... <laughs> I think also lockdown for me, I have done some virtual dating, but I've also used it as a bit of an opportunity just to take a break. Because like you said, dating can be exhausting, can't it? And it can take up so much time. And it has been nice having that extra headspace and not 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 worrying about it so much. Mm-hmm. I mean, I've been trying to take a break, but the people that I was talking to before just kind of <laughs> drained on for a while. But yeah, it has been really nice to as much as I know the importance of community and relationships, as, as you were saying, for health is, is super important, but it's also reminded me how much I do enjoy my own company. And so I think that's kind of refreshed my perspective on what I'm looking for is that I'm not looking for a partner. I'm looking for somebody amazing that might come into my life, um, whether that's a romantic partner or a friend or a community. Interesting. Yeah, so we, we actually have three philosophies here at Fairy Trail. Um, so the first one is the belief that our world is a beautiful and magical place. Um, that's kind of the mindset we have. I remember like the first time I, um, like, I saw a flying fish that blew my mind. I was <laughs> like, this is incredible. Why, how can a fish just be flying for such a long time? And, and the, I mean, moments like that are like, you know, when I went to the Sahara Desert, this like the sky and the stars were, and the stars were so bright, and it was the most beautiful sky. So, like, you know, having these experiences, it's just like the more you see it, the more you feel like, wow, our world is pretty awesome and magical and beautiful. And so that's like one of the first things we believe in at Fairy Trail. Mm-hmm. The second thing is it's better to be in the present than to stare at a screen. So we, that's why we have the 25 kind of limit thing. It's not necessarily 25 exactly. Um, we actually, we, we cap it at a certain amount, but um, the idea is we want you to live your life. We want you to be present. We don't want you to be addicted to, to a phone thinking it'll it'll fix all of your problems right like so that's another big thing we believe in and the last thing is we believe people are the opportunities are the doors to opportunities right so it's kind of like what you were saying right you wanted to meet someone who can like really be special and just like open up new opportunities and that's what we believe in because pretty much everything that is amazing is through people like maybe you know we've connected so now you know um we unlock this whole new partnership or maybe i've connected with this person who teaches me a new way to see the world right from this perspective um or i meet someone amazing and we build a family together right so there's all of the and it's all people so the last thing is we we believe that it's it's all about people and people are kind of the doors to opportunities that's so lovely what a perfect place to wrap up love those values yeah me too thank you so much for coming on it was really nice to chat to you
Next, we have Aline, the founder of Nomad Soulmates, a dating community for digital nomads. Welcome, Aline. It's so nice to have you here. Thank you so much for inviting. I'm super excited. <laughs> <laughs> so can you start by telling me a little bit about Nomad Soulmates and why you first started the community? Yeah, sure. So Nomad Soulmates, as you already mentioned, is a community for single nomad workers, people who are traveling um, as their lifestyle, not for holiday. And so I started that community about four years ago. And because I'm not a coder, I started a Facebook group first. So that was the only way for me to, to make a gathering really happening. And actually, maybe I pat it back a little bit. So the initial reason why I started it is first of all, I, um, I'm a traveler myself for mm. now six years. I know exactly what the struggles are <laughs> as a <single> workers. <laughs> and yeah, and back then I was mainly actually traveling as a backpacker. And then I found out, oh, cool, you can combine work with traveling. So this is, I guess, the movement just about started there back in Germany. And I was reading about blog and then joined a conference. And on this conference, I met for the first time people who were living the life I wanted to live. Mm. <laughs> um, it was super exciting to exchange with them. But again, this the first thing that came into my mind, exchanging stories, was that dating and love was such a big topic and such a big challenge for everybody. The main people, like the main crowd, was single, also solo traveling. And um, well, some of them also traveled in groups, but mostly single and solo. And so I was like, okay, I really saw this as the future of work back then already. And not only the future of work, but also the future of living life and designing. Now you are able to design and control a little more about your life, right? And this becomes, I knew this is gonna be a movement. And so I was like, okay, so how do people find a partner, how do you have family? How do you go on dates while you're traveling? Like this is such a crazy environment, a beautiful spell. And yeah, so back then there was no, no such thing like a, a community or a dating app or anything for our um, lifestyle and for like-minded people to meet. And so I started uh, a group just for singles. And that was a big game changer because so many people suddenly started to join this group. And now I had a group. I was like, okay, <laughs> what do you do next? <laughs> and so this was really like a process, like mm -hmm. a, a learning by doing. And yeah, and so now we have about 13,000 members in our Facebook group. And wow. Yeah, so exciting. And now we're evolving into you know, we have a, a website for people to meet, which is a bit more organized than a Facebook group, mm -hmm. but super excited about our app launch. And that will be as well, like we will pretty much redesign, not completely turning the house down from our website, but make the app and the website a lot more efficient and much more targeted for nomads. Yeah, you mentioned something there that I wanted to touch on, the obviously the dating challenges of being a digital nomad. And with your big community now, 
when you talk to single digital nomads, what do they tell you are their big dating challenges? Well, um, <laughs> I guess most of the people in the community, they really find this moving around. Most of us, at least, they have they, they travel, first of all, in different speeds. So some people travel like week on a weekly basis, some yeah. people monthly, some people love to have their home base. Some people like me, for example, became a little bit more experts. We still remote like work remotely, but I settled, for example, down in, in Bali now for also for about three years. I still travel now and then, but yeah, I like to have this as my home base right now. And, mm. um, and so we're all a bit in the same boat, but this traveling piece definitely is a challenge because you may just met someone amazing and then you find out, oh, this person is leaving in a week. Yeah. And so it's really, <laughs> and so it's sometimes really short term, really intense for many people. And you have to make the decision. Are you going to stay together? You go, uh, you go all in? Do you do long distance? many questions yeah we've covered a lot of that on the podcast and both <laughs> Kayla and I have been in those situations so I understand yeah. yeah so as well as the the Facebook community and the website and soon to be the app you also do some retreats with Nomad Soulmates which is something that's a bit different and not not that many dating apps do that. So can you tell me a bit about that? How have those retreats gone? And I guess, how many couples come out of them? <laughs> yeah, that's, that's an exciting piece. And really the retreats were in the beginning, like a, a trial. For mm. example, the one in Bansko that we've done, that was like, I wanted to see is our community interested in just meeting for seven days and, you know, having fun together. And it was so so amazing so <laughs> in in many ways so it was important for me that it's becoming a community mostly because i really love this personal exchange so i guess before i go to the retreat part i want to share a bit more about why it's a community i read it the dating i mean this one-on-one -on -one dating yeah. um so the community is important because I wanted people not just to date, but also to exchange because this is a new kind of way of meeting people. Important that we exchange our thoughts and that people can share their struggles. And, and it's so beautiful as with the Facebook group, everyone can chin, like chime in with their, their struggles, but also with their advice and, and help each other out. And that is really 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 cool to see that <laughs> yeah. you know we don't have to be the experts at everything but that all the other people can um can help you and most of the time it's a win-win for everybody because most of the questions get covered by others and then you can share your story how you're feeling and how things fucked up there and how things turn out this way and so it's really cool it's more fun to yeah. yeah definitely being able to share everything that was another question we were going to ask really yeah. where the intersection comes between like a dating app or a dating website and community and how important that is yeah absolutely and also with the app and the website i understand this more of a tool 
that mm. would give people that helps them to connect in the offline world or at least you know where you can match your travel plans and then have a way to look forward to meet each other somewhere <laughs> so yeah one thing and yeah and then the retreats we have done the one in Bansko and we've done a smaller like just a weekend gathering for three days yeah three days in Bali okay. and seven days in Bansko and that's turned out amazing so and I was part of it and <laughs> so so the retreat in Bansko actually had I think a few sparks oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah it was really cool so the retreats how they build up is mostly we go on adventures so we do as many activities as possible because I want people to connect through natural ways so mm. coming challenges doing things together playing games um, we've been to hot tubs a lot in exploring nature and I think this is again community you meet friends and you will stay friends um, for a lifetime but also you you know everyone is single so there might be a chance that you meet someone and have a click with someone and the chemistry between two people uh, was amazing and I didn't actually know that they um, exchanged even after the retreat that they met up a couple of times and there were uh, yeah and I think about a year later I don't really remember who told me that or if I saw a post or something but then I found out that they are actually having a baby. It was like, oh, oh wow. wow. Oh my God, yeah. that's amazing. Yeah. So, so they became a couple. And um, yeah, and that's so beautiful to see that it does work. And, mm. you know, you may find someone, you may not, but there's a win-win because you can find friends and soulmates. So, yeah. exactly that's exactly what we've talked about on the podcast a lot and it's so nice to see it actually happening in real life yeah yeah did you have people on the podcast already who were traveling with like as a couple or yeah um, we've had people who have traveled 24 7 together for more than a decade so that was intense um and we've had i mean mainly it's been kayla and i sharing stories about meeting someone in one country and then mm. you know not knowing whether to go all in and go to another country with them um yeah yeah it's it's definitely tricky so yeah. um I think we just have one more question for you. You mentioned a little bit about the the app launch, but have you got any other exciting plans for Nomad Soulmates in the next few months or years? Yeah, well, the app is definitely our main focus right now. It's a huge part. It's been actually a process over a year now. They have no idea. <laughs> uh, you know, you think, oh, yeah, I'm going to make an app. It's going to be ready in two months. No, no, no. <laughs> Um, it's like we have three people in the team and we have one amazing coder and um, Kim as well as our partner. And so we have this incredible vision, but to, you know, over the months and also with exchanging with the group, you like realizing what you need and what you actually can scratch. And so this became a process of over a year now. Oh. Um, but now finally, yeah. And Finally, we're at the stage where we can release beta in two weeks and um, have a couple hundred people hopefully 
coming in and testing it and then it's just a matter of refining and launch yeah so yeah that's our next project and the big vision is to make this retreats mm. um a lot bigger and our offline events because this will also the app will also you know connect people where they can um just have their own pop-up events so you could oh, like cool. spontaneously meet someone and uh, or join a group of people so that's something we're working on and what else do we have oh we've really recently launched speed datings that you can join us online that's been incredible as well we have like 40 people gathering which is a blast and <laughs> <laughs> yeah so, so that's really as well an adventure yeah that sounds yeah. awesome well definitely sign me and kayla up for the beta version of the app <laughs> yeah absolutely absolutely yeah thank you <laughs> we'd love All your right. feedback yeah. <laughs> yeah we'd love to well, thank you so much for coming on, Aline. Um, was there anything else that you thought you wanted to add or do you think we've covered most of it? I think we covered most of it. Like if you're who is listening right now, single and remote working, yeah, definitely. If you're interested in checking out our community, you can definitely do that. I think the best place is the Nomad Soulmates group right now. Or I don't know at what point you're listening to this podcast. If we're on the app store, you can search and check if we're there already (laughs) (laughs) and yeah I mean otherwise stay helpful because it's totally possible I've seen many many people doing it I've seen it with our group that it's definitely possible because they know that the struggle is real and many people are thinking of giving up already but to be honest with corona (laughs) happening the number (laughs) of workers probably skyrocketed. so I guess it's the best time of yeah meeting like-minded people yeah certainly oh well thank you so much that's such a nice way to end the interview it was really great to speak to you wow that was such an interesting conversation i loved being a part of that (laughs) i bet you did where were you again kayla (laughs) um i was you know in my home in my bed (laughs) sleeping so this was so funny because the day that we were meant to record Aline's interview I had already said to Kayla I'm not sure if I'm going to be able to do this interview because I'm heading to Germany and I'll have to literally do a pit stop on the way to the airport in order to record the podcast Um, and Kayla was like no yeah that's okay, I'll just do it. And then eventually I decided, no, no, I'm dedicated to the podcast. I'll do the pit stop. So got to the pit stop, got set up, texted Kayla, nothing. <laughs> <laughs> and in the end, yeah, I had to do the interview on my own, on the way to the airport. I know, sorry, Aline. <laughs> it's fine. I feel like we made it work. I can't wait to listen to it. (laughs) (laughs) What's actually quite ironic is that it's actually Kayla, out of the two of us, who has been on one of Aline's retreats. It's true. So maybe I just, I feel like I already had the inside scoop about Nomad Soulmates. So like it was, I, I wanted you to do it. But yeah, a few years ago when I was 
the Nomad in Residence at Coworking Bansko, which is a really lovely community that I definitely recommend visiting. Uh, there was a Nomad Soulmates retreat there and I got to participate and it was a lot of fun. Did you meet anyone? <laughs> I did meet somebody actually that was on the retreat, um, but our nomad life schedules just didn't ever really work out to ever meet again, unfortunately. Yeah, that well, that was one of the challenges Aline mentioned actually. Yeah, but she did say it was pretty cool that uh, one couple who met through Nomad Soulmates are now having a baby. How awesome yeah, is that? It is amazing, and that 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 couple met on the retreat that I was on. Yeah, which is which is really nice. It, I think it's nice that they met through the community side of it rather than the actual kind of dating website side of it. It kind of shows that that idea really does work. Exactly. Um, and a cute story that I remember about them is that so on the retreat, we were having a games night and everyone was playing I think I can't remember what we were playing if it was Catan or like something like that. And everyone was on their own team. And I was trying to help Alina and like get people to mingle more. And I was like, oh, why don't we be on teams like boy girl teams? Because it was a it was a heterosexual retreat. So I was like, why don't we be on teams? And like you could each match with a partner thinking like, oh, that'll help people like be more flirty. And the and both of those two that are the couple now were both like, no, no way. That would ruin the game. Like they were both so into the game and so competitive that they were like, no, we're not here to flirt. We, we didn't come here to meet anyone. We came here to win the game. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. <laughs> and that was like both of them. And I was like, oh, the perfect match. <laughs> Brilliant. Mm-hmm. Oh, but it was so nice to have Tasia and Aline on and find mm-hmm. out more about, about the community side of dating, really, wasn't it? Yeah, I love how Tage as well talked about how building the community is so important and how eventually the dating side of the app can be obsolete, really, if everybody, if everyone matches up. So yeah, I love that they both take a very much community approach to it rather than just swiping. Yeah, definitely. And they have other, like Aline was talking about the virtual speed dating as well. Mm. Um, So it's nice that they have other things other than just the app, even if they are dating related too. I'm quite tempted to sign up for one of those. <laughs> we could do it maybe for the podcast for our patrons. Yeah. <laughs> Record the session. <laughs> that would be hilarious. <laughs> I bet Aline would let us. Probably. <laughs> All right. That brings us to our next segment the scarlet text. So I have talked a lot on this podcast about not enjoying textual relationships. And a big reason for that is that I think when we're texting, we can create a story in our heads that is not true. So my reading recommendation for this week is Cat Person, which was a viral short story from a few years ago. If you have not read it, I highly recommend it. It is a story that I think so many women identified with who are dating right now or within the last five to 10 years, maybe. It is, it's about a university student who meets a kind of older guy and they strike up this textual relationship. And then when they meet in person, um, they're both creating stories in their own head and it doesn't go well, but it's, it's short. Uh, you can find it on the Sun website. Um, or if you just search cat person story, you will find it. We'll put it in the show notes. It's a, it's a really great story. It's, you won't, 
you won't be bored. <laughs> that sounds awesome. I might actually read that tonight. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> All right. Well, Ellie, that brings us to yes, it's, it's dating spring. <laughs> Yes, it's my turn to share a dating story. And this was, I was trying to remember when this was. I think it was 2019, maybe early 2019. I was in Bali where I do spend quite a lot of time. And I was basically, I was on a dating mission. I think, I'm not sure where I'd been before, but it was somewhere where I hadn't been doing much dating and I was just like, I was so ready to meet someone. So in the end, I, I ended up setting up four dates in the space of 24 hours. <laughs> <laughs> That's just FYI, guys. That is way too many. <laughs> I was so tired by the end of it. I can't even um, imagine seeing like four different people in that amount of time. <laughs> I know it was ridiculous. So I'll talk you through it. So okay. date number one, date number one was on like the evening, one evening. Mm-hmm. And I took him, I had this spot that I always take dates to in Bali, which is like a really nice beach bar with, it's nice, but chilled with bean bags on the beach. And we always have a coconut. So I took him to my usual date spot. Mm-hmm. Um, he was like a real newbie digital nomad and he was nice, but but there was nothing there. So that was kind of like the warm up date. Mm-hmm. So day number two was the next morning, breakfast date. Mm-hmm. This was this was Diego from Chile. Yeah. Who who actually turned out to be the beginning of what was an ultimately disappointing Latin phase for me. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so I suggested we had breakfast at my favorite cafe which is where I normally go like with my laptop but with my friends have a coffee work for a few hours mm. like that is very much what I associate with it mm-hmm. so I went for breakfast with this guy and he snogged me at like 10 a.m in my favorite <laughs> breakfast cafe that's so, so Latin. <laughs> I know. I said that to him. I was like, you really are from Latin America. <laughs> um, so now I can't associate that cafe with anything other than that. Um, I, mean, I mean, it's not the worst thing to associate with cafe. <laughs> True. Morning makeouts. Yeah, I mean, it was fun. I enjoyed it. But mm-hmm. again, wasn't really that much there. Um, <laughs> day number three. Oh, day number three was awful. I actually, I'm, I'm Dave and I want to talk about it. Uh-huh. Um, and day number four <laughs> was, day number four was Jonathan. So mm. he was a beach walk at the end of that day. Oh, that sounds So I'd nice. been on three other dates before I saw him. Mm-hmm. And actually he was, he was the best one. Not in terms of like romantic spark. There was no snogging. Mm-hmm. Um, we went for a walk on the beach and we talked for hours about everything and we really like clicked on a lot of things mm-hmm. um, and had a lot in common. Um, yeah, so there was no romantic spark there, but actually this part of the story reminds me of one thing that is positive about the dating apps. Cause I met him through Bumble mm-hmm. and we have said a lot on this podcast about how much time the dating apps take up and how, that can just be a waste if you don't end up getting a romantic relationship out of it. Mm -hmm. But 
I don't think that's entirely true because I actually have a few friends that I've met through the dating apps through initially going on dates with them mm. and realizing that there was no romantic spark, but that actually we could probably be really good friends. Right. And yeah, so Jonathan is a case in point, mm. but I will let him tell you for himself. So when it comes to dating apps, I don't discourage using them. I think that they can be very useful when it comes to meeting interesting people who could potentially become your significant other. But at the same time, you can just meet interesting people using them that don't lead to a relationship um, and can lead to friendship. Um, and case in point I is... is my friendship with you, Ellie, you and I became friends last year after connecting and meeting in Bali uh, through Bumble. Um, and though there wasn't a romantic spark when we hung out, for me, and, and you can elaborate on this, there was definitely uh, an intellectual connection that we made, we made because we had very similar interests in terms of books and content um, and also very similar backgrounds in terms of our careers, you know, both of us having worked in journalism and as as writers. Um, so that was a positive that came. Our friendship is a positive that came as a result of us connecting on Bumble. So that's that's one reason why I don't discourage people from using using Bumble because you really can miss out on some great opportunities to meet some really cool people if you do. I do understand why people get frustrated with using dating apps, but I I really do think that the frustration is kind of something that lies that the responsibility lies on on the user themselves. Um, most of it, in my opinion, um, you know, you get what you put into the app, you know, if you have the right intentions and if you have expectations that are reasonable, you can meet some really interesting people with them. And at the same time, I think another source of frustration for, for people who, who are using dating apps usually comes because they're relying heavily on dating apps as their sole means of meeting people. So that's why even though I would encourage people to use dating apps to meet, I discourage people from using them as their sole means of meeting people. It's got to be a tool among many in your toolkit for meeting new people in general. Oh, that was so sweet. That's awesome. So next week is already the final episode of season one. We cannot believe it's come around this quickly. And we are going to be checking in with some of our previous interviewees to see how they have been faring since we last talked. If you have a wild dating story, send us an email to datingabroadnomads at gmail.com. Or if you want to set us up on a virtual date, because we are both very, very single right now. We'd be up for that too. We may or may not include clips of it for our patrons. That's right. You can also become a patron of the podcast at patreon.com forward slash dating abroad, where our tiers are named just as wittily as our segments. Benefits start from just $1 a month and range from bonus content to racy to air to monthly soirees, which we have now had one of, and oh, which was awesome. It was so much fun. And a coaching call with one of us about digital nomad life. We now have 
five amazing patrons, Lucy, Abigail, Kiwi, Hannah and Josie. And here is a limerick about them. There once was a girl from Toronto who became our patron pronto. She was joined by a nomad who is definitely not a bromad. And we'll all be a family like the Sopranos. Then came a girl called Kiwi who listens to our podcast in Germany. She was joined by a Brit with an eco-cleaning kit and a Swede who's a big fan of Bali. If you become our patron, you will be added to this ever-growing limerick. And while all the mystery boxes have been claimed, you may get a little welcome gift if you join us. Music is by the wonderful Lee Trong. Visit her website at leetrong.bandcamp.com. Our gorgeous logo is by Samina, who's on Instagram at Samina Scribbles. We're also on Instagram at dating underscore a underscore broad. And you can find us on Facebook at Dating Abroad Nomads. Thank you for listening. See you next time. <laughs>